0: Good evening, and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets for the Locked On Podcast official Twitter account. For those of you who have yet to do so or are new first-time listeners, thanks again for listening, and be sure to follow the podcast on your favorite platform of choice, including Apple, Google, Spotify, and the Megaphone app. Subscribing is free and keeps you up to date on the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis. On tonight's episode, we're going to be uh, covering a couple of brief Jets announcements before we talk about one of my favorite topics, which is a little bit different than the usual. We're going to be talking about the best hockey video games, and then maybe at the end talk about if, if there is no best hockey video game, like what is the ideal dream one that you could possibly have, and what would you put in it? For Jets news, though, there's not a whole lot other than that Brian Little has resumed skating with the main team. He was wearing a non-contact jersey today, which, if you're a Jets fan, this is pretty good news. Blake Wheeler is probably wanting to go back to wing, and Little has been out of commission for a couple months now. I was actually personally concerned about his safety just because the injury he sustained uh, was a slap shot or something off the head, and that ultimately led to a, a small hemorrhaging in his brain really scary stuff so I'm glad that he's doing all right and it's good to see him coming back I obviously I don't expect him to be acclimated too quickly I mean he's had a couple of weeks off and he probably hasn't been skating all that much but it's just nice to get one of our guys who's considered uh, quote end quote part of the core um, you know whether that's true or not eh, debatable but you know Little still has offensive value for this team and he can still play a pivotal role if the Jets want to claw back Um, you know, and and take a firm hold in the playoff race. If nothing else, it's just good to see him healthy again, because that was a pretty scary incident, and I was very concerned for him. And the Jets were pretty quiet about what his his status was, so I'm just glad that he's doing all right. I hope that he can resume playing soon, and and that, you know, there are no further detrimental impacts to his long-term health. As far as the lineup is concerned, I'm sure Little will probably get bottom six time to start, and I don't know that he's going to be really prepared for top six duty, but I'd imagine that Jansen Harkins probably gets sent back to the Moose, which for me is a little bit disappointing. I think that Harkins is certainly better than Gabriel Bork and Logan Shaw, um, and I think that Harkins has done more than enough to prove that, at the very least, he deserves some some fourth line time. I think that he works well with you know Nick Shore, uh, and a decent winger at his other flank, and, and Harkins is a smart player, and he's got you know middle six, uh, very fringe top six potential. He's definitely showcased some some nice moves and some pretty good speed and smart positioning when he was playing. The outcomes obviously weren't there yet, but I have confidence that with continued ice time at the NHL level, Harkins will be a a pretty good player. At the bare minimum, he was definitely improvement on some of the other depth guys that we've been calling up or been using, so yeah, I will be sad to see him go, but you know, if he's going to be press boxed, it might as well be uh, getting ice time with the Moose instead of just sitting around with the Jets waiting for ice time that's probably not going to come. Besides that, there's probably not that much going on with the Jets, other than uh, if you've seen Sean Tierney at charting hockey, if you've seen his Twitter feed, and you've seen his expected goal differential charts for all of the NHL teams, uh, you might want to look at Winnipeg's because each week Winnipeg continues to uh, stand out in perhaps the wrong ways on these graphics. Um, and for those of you who haven't seen an expected goal chart, it basically just plots out a rough estimation of of how a team is you know how the team is doing in expected goal differential, which is expected goals for versus expected goals against Uh, and if you're if you're below break even you're probably surrendering a lot more opportunities against than you are creating offense and in this case that's how the Jets have been for well basically the entire season but over the past like month or so it's gotten way worse Um, we're talking way downhill skiing kind of slope uh, of, of negative differential and it's somehow getting worse so yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of funny to look at. I, I think it's actually more amusing than disappointing because I sort of, we all kind of knew that the Jets were going to take a step back this year. But when you put it in such stark terms and you see just how much the Jets are struggling really to create any sort of offense and defend, it's kind of amazing that Connor Hellebuck has carried this team to this point. Part of me just kind of wants to see how it rides out because, I mean, it's sort of, you know, I want to see if the Jets can actually make the playoffs with this squad with the way that they're playing and and perhaps even steal a playoff series more out of perverse amusement than it is actually wanting this to be the long term process i think if if Maurice thinks that this team is doing well he he's obviously not you know he's not fooling anyone, and I don't think he's fooling himself. The Jets have played poorly, Andrew Cobb said that they played poorly. Maurice kind of alluded to the to the fact that you know despite what he said about the team's internal stats. I don't think that he's oblivious to what's happening with this team. And in a lot of ways, I understand why he approaches this particular game plan and strategy the way he has. I, I know that he wants to kind of lock down the details and, and work on defensive efforts, but I think that the way that he has tried to solve the issue is the wrong approach. I think Winnipeg needs to open up their game, get a little bit more expansive, create more speed, um, and, and more offense should flow out of that. It certainly can't get much worse than what the Jets are doing. And by expected goal differential, they are dead last in the NHL, and it's really not close. The only other team that they're really near are like the Blue Jackets and maybe Detroit, but Winnipeg is worse by you know worse than both by a pretty fair margin. Uh, which, when you look at the team on paper, is kind of shocking because yeah, we all know that the, half the defense is probably AHL bound, but when you look at the forward unit. This team should be getting a lot more offensive value than it is right now. And even though the forwards are scoring goals, they're not really outscoring you know, the opportunities that they've created by a massive margin. The Jets can still create some offense, but it's certainly not consistent. And it's not like their shooting percentages are amazingly high and, and they're riding some magical PDO wave. The Jets are getting lucky, but it's not the kind of luck that you would think... Uh, anything positive is going to result in the long-term out of it. If anything, Hellebuck has has masked a lot of this team's defensive issues. Um, Some of their PK struggles are, are, you know, probably worse than what the actual PK percentage is right now, uh, which is really shocking when you think about it because the PK is almost at last in the league. But um, I just don't know what to say about the Jets beyond its bit of a question mark. I mean, this whole team throughout the season has shown that – they they can get points uh you know in the standings, but they're doing it mostly on the back of their goaltender, and some fortunate goal scoring here and there. Can they really rely on that going forward for the you know the next thirty-five, forty games? Uh I, I don't know. I mean they're fighting Vancouver for a playoff spot, so that's kinda of where things are at. It's not like the Preds in the Wild are gonna sit back either. Both those teams are decent enough to make the playoffs, and the Jets are, for better or for worse, kinda of stagnant and not really improving. If anything, they've gotten worse. But, as far as that's concerned, that's all I'm going to say about that. I think we should talk about something more fun, and let's all agree to talk about video games. When you talk about hockey video games, I think the first one that's obviously going to come to mind is EA's NHL series, and more specifically NHL 20. It's no secret that there are basically no other hardcore NHL hockey game simulations, or even arcade games for the matter, that are NHL-branded. With official teams and licenses and players. Much like EA's other powerhouse franchises like Madden and FIFA, EA tends to own and monopolize all of the licensing for these teams, as well as the arenas, presentation broadcast style, all of the stuff that kinda makes it feel like a real NHL experience, EA tries to create, recreate in minute detail. Whether they're actually successful has often been something of a uh, a subject of debate. When this franchise migrated from, you know, the Xbox 360 to the new Xbox One, it, it wasn't exactly the most smoothest of transitions. NHL, I think it was 15, was the first of the new generation of games. And NHL 15 was cool. Like, the trailer made it seem like this breathtaking experience, and the presentation looked really amazing, but the actual gameplay and the lack of content and depth was... Very apparent, and it's taken EA about four or five years to get anywhere close to what it should have been at launch. It's no secret that EA has cut corners with this franchise because it's not one that makes them a whole lot of money, and it's a pretty niche title, so generally speaking the NHL team has a lot less resources to work with. Although, if you followed any of the EA-FIFA drama this year, you'd probably wonder if EA actually puts any time and effort into any of their development teams across the board, not just in the NHL franchise. If anything, NHL and Madden may be the teams that actually have the most support and most stability. So why is NHL 20 a cut above the rest? Um, Obviously, for anyone who likes online play, there's a ton of stuff that you can dig into. You can have, you know, your Chell mode, which is like pond hockey stuff with... Um, collectible item bags and customization options that you can unlock through uh, basically random number generator grinding. It's your usual loot box kind of crap, and it can be fun and entertaining. I'm not really for that. That's not my shtick. Um, There's also Hockey Ultimate Team, but I I devote enough time to FIFA Ultimate Team, where Hockey Ultimate Team is just kind of um, a peripheral distraction, but there's a lot of people who play this very hardcore. And there's a ton of, like, customization options for your team's as well as rostering options and lineup options that you can unlock, either through opening packs or buying cards off the market. If you've ever wondered what Wayne Gretzky on a line with Connor McDavid and Leon Drysider would look like, well, this is your opportunity to do so. And uh, the hut, you know, mode is is generally speaking fairly deep. There's a ton of unlockable content, and then, you know, there's obviously seasonal objectives and stuff that you can complete for additional rewards. So as far as, like, the Ultimate Team modes are concerned... Uh NHL actually has I I'd argue that they have one of the best presentation packages around. Sure, if you play it enough eventually you'll see everything that these modes tend to have to offer, but in my opinion, I think that HUT could be so much worse. Um and obviously the online experience can be a bit dependent on server performance and, and input lag, but generally speaking HUT, from what I've heard and from what I've played is very fun. Where I really dive into the NHL franchise, though, is always in the single-player manager mode, where you get to take over a team and, you know, play uh, basically GM and coach, which, you know, everyone dreams of doing. I always enjoy it because I like to, especially like to do, like, expansion franchises, bringing an NHL team to my hometown of Baltimore, doing, you know, fun things where you you go manage the Jets and actually acquire some real top-four defensemen, because right now we don't have a whole lot. NHL's rating for the Winnipeg Jets this year was just like, ugh. I think our defense is rated 83 or something like that. But I'm pretty sure that that is, by my reckoning, very generous. I'd maybe give that defensive unit like an 80, and that's that's pushing it because Josh Morrissey and Neil Pionk are probably the only NHLers in that unit. Um, Neil, you know Tucker Pullman certainly is, but not in the role that he's been cast. Uh, But I digress, you know, I think as far as the career franchise mode is concerned, they've continued to add depth and and additional customization options, as well as, like, more in-depth scouting of prospects and stuff that didn't exist before. Uh, Unfortunately, this series has, because of the limited assets and resources, um, not really had time to devote to to putting in a lot of extra content and stuff in meaningful places, especially for the single-player experience. And so it's only until... Basically, the end of the console generation at the NHL franchise has really found its footing. And, you know, with the launch of the next generation, who knows what it's going to look like. For a while, we've all requested that they move to the new Frostbite engine. But I kind of wonder, based on what's happened with FIFA 20 this year and the FIFA of the past couple of years, whether or not the EA NHL team has, has said that they don't want to do that, because there are some weird structural issues with the Frostbite engine that create a lot of input lag and very delayed gameplay experience for online performance. The more I play a FIFA and the more that I've seen just how sloppy the online gameplay and and competitive modes are, the more I think EA NHL might actually have the right idea. I think that the NHL franchise, though it is showing its age over the past couple of years, continues to improve on things like goaltender goaltender handling. Goalies are much improved this year if you haven't played NHL 20, so that's, that's a nice improvement. Um, But shooting is also better. Animations feel pretty fluid. Hitting is a little more sensible. Defensive AI reads are still kind of bad, but, you know, again, it's as close as you're going to get to um, an NHL broadcast. It's a fun game. It's better than what they've put out before, and it's really your only choice as far as high-end NHL sims are. There's just not a whole lot else out there. Uh, And if you want the true-to-life experience, this is the best thing. Um, and it's also not that expensive right now. It's like 30 bucks when it's on sale. It's a good game, and I think you get a lot of value for what you pay for it. Um, and as far as hardcore NHL hockey experiences are concerned in, in the gaming market, this is the creme de la creme. Uh, you know, obviously by virtue of being the only one, it's it has to be, but there's plenty of apps and stuff. And in just a few moments, we're going to take a look at some of the uh, indie games that have come out that are not necessarily NHL branded, but... Um, try to to simulate and create some of the arcadey feel of hockey with some fun, unique added twists in ways that the NHL franchise wouldn't dare touch. If you grew up in the late 90s and early 2000s, you probably, uh, well, if you played sports games, you probably heard of the HIT series, which I think NHL and the NFL both had, you know, the HIT series for each of their respective sports. And these were kind of arcadey, hard-hitting, fast-action kind of games that were more pick-up play um, and not necessarily to be taken seriously, but mostly just fun representations of the favorite sport with a lot more, you know, hitting, fighting, um, explosive action, that kind of fun stuff. So it's a very loose interpretation. Uh, And recently, people have been trying to make more hockey games because it's a market that really hasn't been tapped into. And we have two options that have come out. Um, Both of them certainly have rough edges I'll point that out right now. Uh the first one is old time hockey which is like this M rated bloody violent kind of crass take on on 70s and 80s vintage hockey. And uh obviously this game is it's definitely a labor of love from somebody who watched a lot of the old pre NHL or even early NHL years where guys didn't wear helmets, they got into fights, they kind of wore their bruises and you know blood-coated faces as as masks of honor whenever they went out on the uh, ice um, and you didn't really wear padding or anything so this is a very different era the mechanics are very arcadey but they're also kind of janky i mean this is it's like 10 or 15 bucks it's it's definitely the kind of game where you kind of have to be a a pretty diehard fan of hockey to enjoy it or really find entertainment value out of it because if you want to play it as a hockey game it's not going to be that what it is is it's kind of an amusing piece of fan service, and I think it's a, it's definitely a loving tribute to the older days of hockey. It's just, as a game, it's kind of a little bit rough around the edges, uh, and I think when it came out it was critically panned for being a little bit unplayable at times. So, you know, fair warning, your mileage may vary. If you long for those old days of guys beating the crap out of each other, this is your game. The more silly interpretation that's like a 2D but also kind of violent take on hockey is Super Blood Hockey, and it definitely lives up to the name of Super Blood Hockey. Whenever you make a hit or a check, there's just tons of bloody pixels that go everywhere, and guys are on the ice, and they're limping off and beating the crap out of each other, and again, it's very arcadey. It kind of has that same old-time hockey feel where uh, guys are obviously not playing by the rules or the laws, and just sort of take runs at each other and beat the crap out of each other. It's a two-dimensional, top-down, pixel-based game, so it's definitely not supposed to be on the level of like the NHL franchise. It's more fast-action, arcade kind of silly hockey. Um, and it, look, it is fun, but again, I think with the same disclaimer of the all-time hockey game, I think you kind of have to be a diehard fan of the sport and enjoy stuff like the movie Goon um, or some of the more violent aspects of the sport to really get any value out of it because... Again, if you're if you're used to playing like the NHL franchise, this just ain't that. It's it's a fun little arcadey experience, uh, but comparatively speaking, hockey just doesn't have people that have time to develop and really make games uh, like when you have Super Mega Baseball for baseball. Uh, you know, Super Mega Baseball is, is a genuine attempt at recreating baseball mechanics in a more arcadey, cartoony, but also pretty grounded approach. These games are not that. So, for me, if I were to have the perfect hockey game, I think it kind of starts with building on the, the foundations that the NHL franchise has laid out. I think that NHL as a core, um, EA's interpretation is, is pretty good. But there are some things that I do think have have kind of been let go for a long time. For one thing, I feel like the music selections and stuff are always kind of, eh, they're alright. But in the old NHL games, you used to be able to play whatever soundtracks you wanted. Licensing things have changed that, and it's very understandable why they've had to back off um, using that kind of stuff. But I I just want a little more fun presentation. I feel like the NHL 2K series understood the sort of more cartoony, fun aspects. I think it had, like, in-arena fireworks and stuff in Zamboni races. Obviously, EA NHL doesn't need to do that, but it wouldn't hurt if they did more creative stuff instead of just... NHL threes, which some people really enjoy, it. I don't. I don't play it. It's you know an arcade NHL hit style thing, but I'm just not into it. Uh, but you know if they did zamboni races, I'd definitely do that. If for no other reason than to say, yeah, we race zambonis in multiplayer because why the heck wouldn't you do that? It sounds like fun. I also think the perfect NHL game needs to have more legacy teams. You know, if you bring in like the Hartford Whalers or the Atlanta Thrashers or even some kind of off league teams like the Danbury Trashers, which have. One of the funniest reputations as being just nothing but a team of goons. Could you imagine trying to play that online or or against, you know, couch fun? You know, it it just seems like the kind of thing where if you you took that concept and you built it to, you know, into like an NHL version or something, I think you could have a good amount of fun. Find all the fourth line fighters and grinders and turn them into a team. And it's already in the game. It's not something that you have to manually edit and build. And I think... I think that'd be a good start. I think that the manager mode needs a little bit of refinement. Um, The Fog of War stuff is cool. Like, the scouting feels decently grounded, but sometimes the morale system gets in the way. I think it's a little annoying. Um, In FIFA, they just kind of do away with morale sometimes. You can turn it off in NHL too, but if you want to leave it on, it's more of an impediment and an annoyance than than anything. Uh, And then I feel like some arena customization options that are a little refreshed and a little more um prevalent would be fun. Some things they can't allow like you can't have the Rangers go horn because that's copyrighted and trademarked. So that you can't have. But it'd be fun to, you know, take you know, import like an old Atlanta Thrashers roster or something and and use that as like a a modern day entry as an expansion franchise or something weird. And at some point the NHL franchise will have to move to a new engine. I mean, it probably will be Frostbite even though everyone says that Frostbite's kind of a bear to work with. Uh, Unless EA comes up with something a little, you know, newer and more interesting for this next generation, um, EA is either going to stick with Ignite for NHL or move to Frostbite. Or, I guess it's not Ignite, it's probably something else that they're using, like a modified version. But basically, EA has been using the same engine for the NHL franchise for, like, the past four or five years. As it is, though, I guess I can't complain too much about games like NHL 20, even though it's sort of the end-of-life cycle for these consoles uh, EA has given us a pretty good product, and I think that the next generation of Hawk games could be decent. We'll see how it goes. I'm hoping that they give more attention and love to this franchise, because it def- it desperately needs it. Um, with Madden and FIFA tending to get most of the support, and FIFA even then is kind of questionable, it leaves a bit of a void for the NHL franchise to step into. So if they can keep delivering good content and, and you know meaningful updates, I'm all for that. But until then... We just have to wait and hope for the next great hockey game to come out, whether it's EA or some independent development team that somehow gets the Stones to come up with something really cool, really unique, and really fun. All right, guys, thanks again so much for listening, and as always, have a great one. Go Jets go!